Well, we're in a new series that we kicked off last week. It's been great to hear lots of encouragement from people who really feel excited by this series. feels like this is a, an important one for us. So uh, uh, it'd be great to, um, to really engage with this over the coming weeks. And I'm very excited to welcome our dear friend Vauta, who's going to give us the next instalment in Live Well uh, and uh, explain to us a bit more about what emotional health uh, looks like Vata, we really much value you. Uh, we know you've uh, been in a very busy season and uh, we're so grateful for what you're going to bring to us. And uh, thank you for digging in deep uh, that you might encourage us with, with these things. Let's listen to Vata. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to dive in straight away with a story from history. It's 15th of April, 1912, a tragic day. The Titanic is making its maiden journey across the Atlantic Ocean. The captain with full speed is navigating through a landscape with icebergs and one of the icebergs suddenly dooms up and it's too late. At first they try to steer the ship away and it looks like they might successfully go past. But then we can see that the bottom uh, submerged part of the iceberg hits the Titanic. You see it's only the top 10% of an iceberg that's visible but the 90% underneath the water is hidden. And it's that part that collided with the Titanic, slid open its size, and the, the, the Titanic started to make water and ultimately sank, cost more than 1,500 lives that day. Now, it was the part that was hidden below the surface that took down the glorious part that was floating above the surface. Now this might be technically true for the Titanic, it's also figuratively true for many people today. We so often see film stars and pop stars uh, that all of a sudden crash and burn. And not just film stars and pop stars, also church leaders. And often at those moments we take a closer look, there are cracks underneath the surface that suddenly start to come to the surface. Things that have been going on for years suddenly overtake them. Now, that's often true for you and me as well. There are large parts of our lives that are hidden underneath the surface that we are unaware of, emotions and feelings. Often we can only see the top 10% of our actions and feelings and emotions we are aware of, but there's a, a lot of emotions and actions that are remain hidden underneath the surface that we are unaware of. Uh, for myself, for many years, I've been so busy working for God that I failed to see the work that God wanted to do in me. Yeah, I was involved in great things. I thought I was doing well, spending daily time with God, being accountable to others, but there were large parts of my life that just remained unchanged. Feeling rushed, driven, agitated, frustrated at times. I just didn't manage to seem to come through these things. Now, Sam said last week that unless we are able to emotionally mature, we will never grow spiritually mature. And that's why we're doing this preaching series, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Preaching Series. It's to help us to grow spiritually mature by becoming emotionally aware and emotionally mature. Why is it that so many Christians just live lives that are so similar to the people around them? Why do they struggle with depression and anxiety, uh, so often struggle with disconnect or, or, or mental breakdowns of, or marriage breakdowns? Is it because the gospel is unable to, to change these things? No, it's because these areas of our lives remain often untouched by 
the gospel. And in this series, we're going to make way through these parts of our lives that remain hidden underneath the surface. That's what we're particularly going to be looking at today to see how the gospel applies to those areas of our lives. Now, Scripture gives us many examples of people who achieve great things for God, but seem remarkably unchanged by their walk with God. For example, King Saul. He was a great king in Scripture. He's described in the book of 1 Samuel 9 verse 2 as the son of Kish, a handsome young man that could be found in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. He was externally impressive. He is chosen to be the future, future king, and he's anointed by the nation's leading prophet. Uh, and that same day, he has an incredible encounter with God. He starts to prophesy, and everyone can see that God has placed his hand on Saul. It says in 1 Samuel 10 verse 9 that God changed Saul, Saul's heart that day. He was a born leader, anointed by God with a powerful experience. Everything seemed to be going for him. But then we can see the cracks appearing underneath very quickly. On the day of his appointment, he is hiding between the baggage because he is fearful of the role that he has been appointed to. We can see that he doesn't address situations of people that stand up against him. And we can see in his ministry very quickly that he starts to achieve some great successes, but underneath his character remains remarkably unchanged. He is fearful of people. When he's told to wait on Samuel before uh, he launches an attack to an enemy, he can't wait. He sees his soldiers going and he, 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 needs, to, he needs to go and, and take action. Um, we can see at other times he breaks up a prayer meeting because there's an opportunity that arises and he, he just can't wait for God. And when God gives him commandments, he, he just kind of obeys half of it. And when he's confronted about that, he lies and comes up with, with, with reasons. And um, we can see that he struggles to celebrate the successes of others and becomes jealous. And when David ultimately is selected, he knows that God's favour is moving upon another king. And uh, rather than surrendering to God's will, he starts to fight for his position. And it's a petty end in the end when he has to take his own life because he's fearful when he's being defeated by his enemies. It's a, a warning signal of a man that had a powerful encounter that was powerfully anointed by God, yet remained remarkably unchanged in his walk with God. It's a tragic story of a man who never took a deep, long look inside and therefore remained unchanged. Now, every Christian at some point in their life will come to a moment where they hit the wall. Uh, they can't seem to get through. There are certain areas in their lives they can't seem to get through. For me, uh, about four years ago, I hit one of those walls uh, in my marriage with Simona. Uh, we were trying to work through some things in our marriage. We were doing pretty well, but um, there were some things that we just couldn't get through on. And uh, we decided to get some help, get some counselling. I thought, great, they can help sort Simona out. And we sat on the sofa and the tables turn. They suddenly start to ask me questions and um, try to help me to see a few things in my life. Areas where I wasn't supporting someone else, being controlling and, and not helping her. And uh, at first I got defensive. We drove away and I said, well, that was rubbish counsel. Let's go get another counselor, second opinion. And then I felt God starting to speak to me that there were some things hidden in my life that I needed to deal with. But so often 
Um, we only change our behaviour when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. It's a quote from Henry Clout. Uh, and uh, I hit one of those moments where I knew that staying the same would be more painful than changing. And you may be experiencing moments in your life where you hit the wall, something tragic happens, maybe uh, a breakup or a relational uh, problem or uh, a change at work or, or things seem to be just up against you or an illness or depression or anxiety, things like that. Now, so often when we hit the wall, we, we bounce back and, and we try again, but we, we don't always surrender to God to learn how to come through the wall, to see what he wants to do in our lives. Now, as part of the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality uh, book, they, they hand us different tools knowing uh, what to do in these moments. And, and one of these tools uh, is remarkably simple. It's becoming aware of your feelings in the first place. Now, for me, it, it just resulted in, in being anxious sometimes. And I'm quite a relaxed kind of person, but I start to struggle with IBS, Irritable Bowel Syndrome, and uh, I don't think that was for no reason. I think it's because uh, deep inside there was an, a nervousness, an anxiousness, a sense of wanting to control things that I was unable to let go. It was this kind of knot in my stomach that was there. Um, perhaps for you it may look differently, um, just feeling sweaty hands or like a tight neck or uh, chest or, 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 or headaches or nausea or um, uh, kind of teeth grinding or, or, uh, or just tension. Uh, not being able to sleep, all sorts of things that your body might be communicating to you. And so often we just respond to the symptoms. We go to the doctor and we ask for a bit of medication or some therapy or whatever that might help resolve that. But we don't often take the look at why these things happen. What is our body trying to tell us? Now, so often in these moments, we can just rush on and move through. But the first step that we need to take is to actually become aware what's happening in my body at this moment in time. So let me just ask you, take a minute now and just reflect on what's going on in your body right now. What is your body trying to tell you? Are you tense? Are you struggling in some way? Is there something inside that's trying to communicate to you? Why don't you take uh, uh, 30 seconds just to have a moment and just to become aware uh, and um, just let God point some things out inside. Well, we'll pick it up again. For some of you, that might have been great. Others like, well, I don't really know. This is all a bit unfamiliar. That's absolutely fine. Let me just take you through it. Hopefully some things will speak to you. Now, for me, I was struggling with IBS and uh, um, uh, I became aware of that. Now, it was particularly at a prayer meeting where there was um, somebody uh, quite well known for uh, healing ministry that was praying for me. And I kind of put all my hopes on that moment of prayer. I was thinking, yeah, here comes the breakthrough. I had real faith for that. Um, and then when he was praying to me, it was remarkably uneventful. Uh, he said, it feels like there's something underneath uh, going on, underneath your IBS that, that God wants to bring healing and resolution to. And, and I went home not healed, uh, but instead I felt God starting to talk to me about what was going on underneath. And that's really the second step, is asking the question, why? Why is this going on in my life? Now for me, what I start to notice was that um, I was 
anxious. Uh, I didn't really feel that I had what it took in my marriage or in my work for God particularly, um, that I became anxious and therefore wanting to overcompensate, working really hard, being driven at times, um, uh, sometimes controlling that I couldn't let go. And that kind of resulted itself in a tension that I was unable to relax into. I was unable to surrender these things to God. Uh, and uh, as I started to reflect on that and I started to journal about that, I really felt God speaking to me about learning how to let go of control. I was trying to be controlling, holding things tight rather than surrendering. I was trying to get God to bless what I was doing rather than learning how to surrender to God and what he wanted to do in me. Now you kind of uh, sometimes may run into some things yourself as well uh, and I think you could quickly try and resolve it but asking the question why, what might be underneath is very very important. So why again we take uh, 30 seconds just to ask yourself the question What's going on in my life at the moment and why might that be happening? Uh, and let God speak to you. Are you ready? Here we go. Brilliant. Well, I hope that's been helpful to you. Uh, I think one of the things that could be really helpful is asking people around you to contribute to what's going on in your life. Now, uh, for me, it didn't just flow into my marriage, it was also into the team that I lead here at Life Church. And uh, we took some time over the last uh, six months in particular to look at things underneath the surface, what's going on. I think there were some things that I was frustrated about, others were frustrated about, and we started to take a deep, a long look inside what was going on. Uh, we asked Daniel Goodman, uh, who oversees the clusters of churches that we're part of, to be part of those meetings. And uh, it was rather painful to take uh, some time to look inside and uh, I had a few things that I wanted to sort through but it became quite quickly apparent that there were some things in me as a leader that were hard for the other guys uh, to deal with and therefore we needed to take time. I needed to take time to understand that. Now it was pretty humbling. I, I remember being in one of those meetings. I asked Daniel uh, for his feedback and uh, he told me, well, uh, you, you do make space for others but do you know that you often try and have the last word? You sum things up and you kind of put all the loose pieces together and you bring things to a conclusion. And I suddenly realised, ouch, yeah, that is something uh, that I would do, wanting to serve the team, but sometimes therefore not making space in the team. Now those moments, the why question and what's underneath can be quite difficult to receive. But when there's friends that love you, that care for you and stand with you, that want to speak into your life, serve you in that way, it's a, it's a true gift. And I want to encourage you to gather people like that in your life that can help you to ask you, why is this going on in your life? And be able to be honest with you. Now, ultimately, um, this is not about some sort of Zen plan where you just become uh, more aware of your emotions and better in touch with your feelings and therefore you'll be a happier man. This is not what this is about. What's going on is that we want to be transformed by the gospel. You see, ultimately, when we become aware of what's going on and when we become aware of why this is going on, we can then bring the gospel uh, to this issue. And that's the third step, really. It's when we learn how to surrender what's going on underneath the surface to God is that he is able to change that through the gospel. Now, 
Peter in scripture is a guy who's got a big mouth and is always trying to control what Jesus is doing. And he hits the wall big time when Jesus crucified and he betrays Jesus. And then when Jesus rises from the dead, he's, he's a different man. He walks with Jesus. He's been humbled. He's been broken. But Jesus restores him and he, he speaks his faith out uh, over Peter. But he also has addressed the issue in Peter. Peter wanted to do things for himself, but Jesus says there's going to be a time where you will not be able to choose what's going to be happening to you. And this is really Peter's moment. He is learning to surrender to God. And ultimately, the deep work has begun. Now, the gospel in the same way wants to speak into our characters. And what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is that uh, you are more sinful and flawed than you ever dared to believe. And yet you are accepted and loved more than you could ever dare hope because Jesus lived and died in your place. You see, so often we run away from our weaknesses, our sins, the things that we struggle with. But really, Jesus wants to come in and transform us. And I find that such a beautiful picture of how the gospel works in our brokenness, how the gospel comes to change us from the inside. Now, uh, Master Eckhart uh, from the 13th century uh, says that uh, to be emptied of all created things is to be full of God, but to be full of created things is to be empty of God. So often the process of receiving the gospel is emptying ourselves from the world around us. When we empty ourselves from strive and drivenness and all these things, we can receive the true gospel, the love of God. When we know we are truly loved, when Jesus has done everything for us, there's no reason to fight and overperform. There's no reason to be trying to clutch things and hold things into control. We can surrender to God. So my question for you is, what is the gospel trying to save you from? Why don't you take another 30 seconds just to ask yourself that question? Well, the final step is getting rid of glittering images. You see, so often we try to keep up appearances. We try to make the 10% that lies above the surface look really, really great whilst we ignore the 90% that lies under the surface. And it's only in community when we let other people come close that we can do away with glittering images where we don't have to keep up appearances, but just be ourselves and allow our brokenness to come through so he can be healed, so we can be honest and open about these things. I absolutely love King David who came after Saul and he's written the Psalms and he allows everything that's hidden deep within to come to the surface. His cries to God, he puts into song. His sins are written down in the accounts of the kings. He allows everything to come above the surface and we can see that he is far from perfect but growing into a man after God's heart. Now my question is, what glittering images are you trying to uphold and how could you get rid of those? Who could you invite into your life to be able to share these things with and in order to grow to become a man or a woman after God's heart yourself? So I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about and then I'm going to pray over us. Well, Father, we want to come and surrender to you today. We say, please, will you come 
and help us on this journey of looking under the surface? Will you help us to become aware of what's going on? Why is going on? And will you come, Jesus, bring your good news of the gospel to change us from the inside out so we can get rid of the glittering images and learn how to surrender to you and how to invite other people in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, great. Thank you, Vata. Great job. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you uh, for being with us this morning. Thank you for uh, engaging in this uh, stuff that we're looking at. It'd be great if you could continue to uh, work these things through in this uh, week uh, together. It'd be great to get some more emails and uh, messages through about how uh, you're finding this series and we can share some stories then of testimonies of, of how this is working out in your life too. I think it's a really important thing that we're engaging with together and uh, excellent way that Bauta rooted that in the gospel uh, and uh, the wonderful truth of the gospel. Uh, next week, we've got Daniel Goodman with us. Uh, has already mentioned Daniel. Lots of you have met him. It'd be really great to be here next week uh, to hear from Daniel. Have a really blessed week. Uh, thanks for being here together and uh, looking forward to seeing you again soon.